Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Out of the Drying Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast. Where each week, we discuss two episodes from the Pokemon anime, just whatever else happens to pop into our minds. Just a quick reminder, we are an E4 explicit podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Woo! That's the enthusiasm I like to see before the podcast. Let's go! I'm so excited. And speaking of excitement, Austin, I see you over there. How you doing? I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I think I like it. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> that was Saved by the Bell, right? Well, it was the Pointer Sisters by way of Saved by the Bell. Okay, yeah. that's the only the first time I heard that song was Saved by the Bell. I think that's the first time our generation heard that song. That was the I'm addicted to. They had like a like she got famous, but she got addicted to pills. Caffeine pills. Caffeine pills, but because they kept it PG. That was Jesse, right? Jesse is a friend. That's another classic. So Jesse got addicted to caffeine pills and Saved by the Bell, and that led to her becoming a stripper? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. It was supposed to be a stand-in for what? Like cocaine? I think it was a stand-in for like speed or something. Oh, okay. It would have been Adderall done today. Oh, yeah. I could see it being marijuana, too. Uh, I don't think Jacob knows what marijuana does. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> The opposite That's what thing. Every drug of choice in my cartoon shows was marijuana or a marijuana like alternative. I remember the commercials with the talking dog. The one where the guys like deflated on the couch. Do you remember that yeah. one? That one scared me. Let's get on to our weeks here. Speaking of, I don't know, anything. Alex, drugs. how was your week? Yeah, speaking of drugs, actually, Alex, how was your week? <laughs> actually, speaking of drugs, that's a really great transition. You didn't even know. Uh, yesterday, Austin and I Whoa. went to go see cocaine bear (laughs) (laughs) alex treated me for my birthday to go see cocaine bear okay we can't say birthday austin forbids birthday so it was happy saturday austin here's a movie happy birthday austin what's there to say about cocaine bear i think it speaks for itself there's really not much to say it was pretty gory i will say that much more than i was anticipating which is probably my mistake because it's a bear that's cracked out of its head And then we continued the trend of cocaine-fueled media by watching something else that was really amazing that I had been avoiding up until this very moment. Until I forced you to watch it. Until Austin forced me to watch it. Any guesses? Any guesses? The Star Wars Holiday Edition. How did you know? (laughs) Was that a guess or did Austin tell you? You said it right before the podcast. Oh, I did? (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) You did Jacob, have you seen it? Huh? Have you seen it before? I've seen like bits and pieces of it. This is like the fake Han Solo guys in it, right? I don't think so. Okay, I must be thinking of the wrong thing. But is this when C-3PO sings? R2-D2 talks? No. No, no, I'm on the wrong thing. I'm on the wrong thing here. Okay. What is it, Alex? How was it? Oh my gosh. Okay, so we only, I only made it through half because it was almost like midnight and I was like, I gotta go home. Um, So we got halfway through... Where do you even begin with the Star Wars holiday special? I've seen it several times and it always surprises me. There was, there was... Chewbacca's father masturbating in the living room. There was that. Oh my god. What does that look like? Unpleasant. Does he make the noise? Yes. The whole time? Yes. All right, that's what I thought. He gets like, there's this traitor guy who I guess is a family friend and he brings them presents for Life Day because that's like their equivalent of the Christmas holiday. One of those presents is like a giant VR thing. It almost looks like those big like hairdresser things where they put that thing over your head, but it's like a VR set and it's got like a hologram of diane carroll oh and then he's in the living room just out in the middle of the house with the small kid running around having his alone time taking care of business the small kid is also a wookie by the way yes oh chewbacca's son lumpy should we do this for april fools the star wars holiday special (laughs) should we stop summarizing because this is gonna be our april fools day episode (laughs) that's great We'll leave the rest to your imagination. Jacob wants to do Yu-Gi-Oh! again. I'm down for whatever, because I've never seen this. 
you can't tell the people what our April Fool's episode's going to be, Austin. Okay, it'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. It could be anything. How long is it? It's like two long. hours. Holy cow, really? Yes. It's the longest two hours of your life. Is this like a TV special thing they did? Aired once ever. And then Lucas was like, I'm done with it. We're out of here. Yep. Okay, yeah. He didn't have much involvement in it and actually hated it, I guess, right? It was an experience. I am down for watching the second half. I feel like I need to know how it ends. It's like a train wreck where you can't like look away. That's the part where Carrie Fisher, coked out of her mind, sings a song. Yeah, we didn't get to that. And we didn't get to like the animated part. You didn't get to B. Arthur on Tatooine. Oh, yeah. B. Arthur's there, too. Is this like a continuous story or is it like an anthology of like you're here, then you're... Well, it's it's framed as the Wookiees are watching television. Oh, okay. All right. How, Jacob, how was your week? Well, I'm going to ask this quick question. What was better, Cocaine Bear or the uh, holiday oh. special? Like, objectively, Cocaine Bear was better. <laughs> cocaine Bear. <laughs> objectively, sure, but in a general sense, I don't know. The Star Wars holiday special is a landmark yeah. of our culture. Okay, uh, for my week, fun fact to start off my week, I read that bears actually can't digest cocaine, so they don't get the high effect from cocaine. Oh! They have enzymes in their body that break it down to where it doesn't give you the stimulant effect of cocaine. So the bear just died. It didn't have a high of any sort. <laughs> I don't know if it dies or if it just kind of ignores it. Well, well, in real life, it died. Can you cite your source, Jacob? Uh, a YouTube comment. A YouTube comment? I'm going to type in bears and cocaine on Google right now. I actually read an article about this as well. That The person, biologist, zoologist, whoever it was, basically said, we don't know if bears can get high on cocaine because we've never tried. That poor bear. I really feel terrible for the real bear. I didn't realize this was based on a true story. I mean, I've known a few bears to use drugs, but not the kind of bear you're thinking of. Ayo. I had no idea that that was an actual thing. I thought it was like just like that Winnie the Pooh scary movie. They just made a crazy cocaine bear. Which is back in theaters. The Winnie the Pooh movie? Yeah. We have to see that. Yeah. What's it called? Blood and Honey. Blood and Honey. Anything else, Jacob? No. Uh, oh, I got a ramp for my dog. Oh, good. Yeah, I got a ramp off my deck. That was a needed ramp. Yeah, ramps are way better than stairs. I'm taking the ramp now when I go out the back door. I'm like, I'm not doing the stairs. I'm just going to levy down this ramp. And what else did I do? Nothing much. That's about it. But anyway, Austin, what'd you do this week? Tell me you did something. I did 35 pounds of cocaine. 35 pounds of cocaine. Oh, wow. You're still here too? I am. From beyond the grave. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to wait to talk about this later, but something kind of bad happened around my house yesterday. Uh Uh-oh. Are you all right? Yeah. We couldn't like go outside or anything like that. I had to go to my basement, pull something out. I had to get out my uh, Gliger counter and make sure everything oh, was okay. my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Christ, that was a... All right. Okay. Okay. A round of applause to you, Jacob, for somehow pulling that off. Was the execution? I don't know. I'd give you a 7 out of 10, but good job. The randomizer has spoken for this week, and Austin, you have the 30-second summary challenge. Alex, you got the first episode, which is... Oh no, the Hoppip episode! And that is called Foul Weather Friends, and then I have the superhero secret, which uh, Alex is very upset about this. She did not like this episode. What cosmic entity did I wrong in order to be charged with leading this episode? Oh, it's fine. Come on. It's, it's fun. I'm so excited. All right, Austin, are you ready for your summary challenge? All right, I'm ready. In three, two, one, go. Okay, so the twerps meet Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton, and they are tornado researchers who are trying to implement their um, new tornado uh, drones, and their drones are Hopip, and the Hopip are known as Dorothy. So they basically go around Tornado Valley, and they try to find all these tornadoes, and they release um, the Hopip to do some scientific research. Uh, at one point, uh, there's a cow 
there's like a drive-in movie theater at one time. Point, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh Were you summarizing Twister or the episode? Yeah, Twister. Uh, I don't remember it very well though, so that's the problem. I remember Helen Hunt being in. I remember there was like the only scene I remember from that is like Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton are kind of like on the edge of the town that's being obliterated, and these people are in the, one of those cars. And Helen Hunt goes, what are they doing? And then they go in there and they just get killed. Okay, I don't remember this at all. That's the only part I remember that movie. How did I know it was going to turn into a twister? Like, that was going to be referenced. Because when have we ever seen a tornado in the Pokemon world? Never. Before or after this? That's a good point. The ones over the water, we've seen those. Water spouts. Oh, yeah, the water spout. Yeah. Aren't there water spouts in Twister? I'm pretty sure. They're they're the day after tomorrow. I've seen a water spout in real life. Have you really? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what an interesting episode this was. I'll, I'll try my best. Which do we prefer, the Ladybug episode or the Hoppip episode? Um, they each had their own merits. Oh, come on, Ladybug for but sure. One had Mr. Douglas. Yeah, Mr. Okay, Douglas. Okay, obviously, yeah, Mr. Douglas. Then I just have to ask, what is the deal with like the obsession with Grass type Pokemon in these past few episodes? There's been a heck of a lot of Grass type Pokemon in around our general vicinity. The heroes. What is going on with that? Big Farm got involved with Pokemon. Some Flo- we're fresh off the heels of the Sunflora episode. I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. And then Chikorita had a spotlight episode in the greenhouse. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, so we continue our trend with the grass-type Pokemon focus in which Ash and friends are strolling down a grassy path and they encounter a very cute Digimon-looking thing, uh, which is called Hoppip. I love Hoppip. I love it too. I'm not trying to throw shade on Hoppip, but it really looks like a Digimon. Yeah, like a Coromon type thing. Yes, it does. Got the Bodemon eyes going on. This Hoppip is super cute, but it's so lightweight that it gets blown away at the slightest breeze, and so the Twerps have to chase it. And they're like, come back, Hoppip. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. Austin's showing us the TCG card with the Hoppip art. Can we play that game where we get the Pokemon's weight? I want to know how much a Hoppip weighs. Guess how much it weighs. It's got to be like ounces. Yeah. You'd be wrong. What? One pound. It weighs one whole pound? You know ways it weighs a pound. That's garbage. A light breeze carries it away. Like a sneeze could move this thing. You know what? It's super cute if you play Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. If there's like rain or some kind of windy weather happening, the Hoppips will get blown away. Is that real? Yeah, in, in the game. Yeah, it's a nice little detail, I thought. That is that is cool. Jumpluff weighs 6.6 pounds. That's bullshit. There's no way. <laughs> Does that one fly too? Yeah, it's like a cotton weed thing. Jumpluff is like 97% cotton ball. Like, there's no way it weighs 6 pounds. Do you think these things have like, you know, a puffer fish or, or something like that has a swim bladder? Do you think they have some kind of like bladder that swells up when wind touches them? That's how they're able to fly? Because one pound's not going anywhere. No, it's not. I don't know. These things are, they defy nature. They're super cute, though. I don't know. Hopip is really cute. Jump Bluff, super cute also. Er, Skiploom's not. Yeah, we can skip right over Skiploom because it's kind of an unfortunate middle stage. I'll tell you what, though. I like Hopip more than Oddish. Really? Oh, I don't know mm, about that. Uh, I like the Oddish painted pink. All right. Well, we'll get there. Let's let's keep on keeping on with this Hopip episode. Let's hop on over. Let's hop on over. That's right. They follow the Hoppips where they come across this girl who's catching them in a giant butterfly net. And she's like, oh no, Hoppips, you thought you could get away, but haha, not this time. So she introduces herself as Mariah and they go back to her house where she has a giant netted enclosure in her front yard where she keeps her Hoppips so they don't fly away. And she also has a bunch of radar equipment inside her house because she's a weather forecaster. She's just a weather per Like, she just takes the weather. She doesn't let anybody know what the weather is, though. <laughs> no, she's a uh, aspiring, like, meteorologist. I think she's just a hobbyist. She doesn't actually work for anyone. But it's her hope that she can use her hopips and train them to predict the wind patterns and the strength of upcoming storms and, I guess, make her mark in the meteorological community. But right now, she's just a, a loner who lives on the plains. She's Mariah the Pariah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, don't forget her genius invention of the Hopip wind scale. Oh yeah, one Hopip equals, what did she say? Like... It's one knot. A balmy breeze or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. This girl is kind of a an interesting one. Also interesting is this kind of odd looking hopip that can't seem to fly away like the others do. 
So upon closer inspection, when they walk over to it, they discover it's actually an Oddish that has rolled around in some pink mud because it just wants to be like all the other Hoppips. Some pink mud. Oddish is a tragic creature. Just everything about it. It's voice... It's little beady eyes and little feet. What's wrong with it, Austin? It's always crying or in distress in some way. Is it? I always feel incredibly bad for it. When was the last time we had a distressed Oddish? The Bulbasaur episode where Misty tried to like, like destroy it in order to capture it. Oh, okay. Well, of course it's under distress then, though. If it's getting vine whipped in the face. And now it's having distress in this episode because it has body dysmorphia. Poor thing. I know. Was it just me or like when Hopip like tried to fly off that rock and then it like jumped and it hit itself in the face? It had like blue around its eye and I thought it gave itself a black eye, but it was actually it's mud coming off. My original thought was this Oddish was a different color, like it was a shiny or something. But then I realized, oh wait, it's just trying to be like the Hopips and covered itself in mud. Oh my gosh, Alex, you just came up with the best plot line for this. If it was a shiny and it was discolored and it thought it belonged to the hop pip because it was pink. Oh. That's a way cooler. Like it got confused. That's way cooler. I will bet you guys $100 shiny oddish is a green color. I bet you it is. I was going to say, what color is a shiny oddish? Oh, look at that. It's lime green. Whoa. <laughs> Are you serious? Okay. Of course it is. Glad I didn't bet money on that because mm-hmm. <laughs> I... Well, you know, it could have been like one of those Orange Islands Butterfreeze. You know, the anime does the different colors without it being a shiny necessarily, but... It could have been an Oddish from Pinkin' Island. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ain't those berries. Could have been. However, it's not so complicated as that. It's just an Oddish with an identity crisis and very sad. It can't fly to be with all the other Hoppips. Regardless of that... Scene transition over to Team Rocket, where Meowth is currently scheming a plan to steal all the Hopips so that they can start a Hopip delivery service. It reminds me of the Amazon drones. Remember when Amazon <laughs> had those drones they pitched that would like, it would just drop it off at your front door? This is the start of it. James isn't really on board with this idea. He points out all the ways that it could go wrong because the wind is just too unreliable. And what if the hopips get blown off course like 10 miles in the opposite direction? Then what? Giovanni would be so upset. They decide to go through with this plan anyway and run up on the twerps and say, hey, we're here to steal all the hopips. Then they pull out a giant fan from somewhere. They try to blow all the hopips away. But Pikachu easily blasts them off again. While before Team Rocket can show back up, suddenly a storm rolls in and all the Hoppips bunch up and put their leaves together in such a specific way, which is apparently a telltale sign that there's an extremely powerful storm on the way. And they're not kidding. Yeah, they're not kidding because Mariah is very scared and she runs into her house with all of her radar equipment And she's like, oh my god, a tornado is headed right this way. And they don't do anything except for hide under a table. I I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know what else to do. But you think if tornadoes come through there that often she would have some kind of like underground thing. And this is the first time this has happened. It was tornadoes. (laughs) Shark tornado. Sharknado. Jacob's right. she, She practically lives in Oklahoma. So I feel like... She should have, like, a tornado shelter built. She's in the Oklahoma region of Johto. That's right. Mm-hmm. The Great Plains region. So they have, like, 0.5 seconds to, like, get under the desk and shelter for their lives as this giant tornado that we've never seen before, like Austin said, rolls through and rips her roof straight off of her house. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. This is a high-stakes episode. <laughs> did, did I tell you that story about when I was a little kid and that tornado hit our school? No. What? Oh, God. When I was little, um, we don't get tornadoes a lot where, I was, where I'm from, but I guess they do happen occasionally. Maybe that's what happened here. But, you know, like you're in elementary school and they have that alarm thing go off and you got to go in the hall and you put your head against the wall and then between your legs. Do you guys remember doing that? Yeah, right. tornado drills. Anyway, we're sitting there. It was like timing like crazy because I remember kids were kind of crying because they were all upset, you know, something really bad could happen. And then our teacher was like, guys, you don't have to worry. Like, as long as we're standing here, we're okay. And then she got picked off the ground. 
almost five seconds later tiles started coming off our like roof or something like that and this teacher just oh loses god. it and goes oh my god we're gonna die or something like that so <laughs> <laughs> as kids we were like that's it we're done and so we just started running out the doors and we were gone. It was like you were you ran and, outside. Yeah, it was chaos. How old were you? We were like third, second, third grade, somewhere in there. Because the teacher That's lost it. That's too old. The teacher, That's too old to be doing the that. The teacher lost it. So we started freaking out. So we were going to run home. You ran into the tornado. Oh my yeah, gosh. She lost it. We're gonna die. So we were just gone. Bye. See ya. I mean, that was a that was a total panic. <laughs> the teacher may have overreacted. I think so. <laughs> we went outside. There wasn't much going on. That teacher needs like remedial how not to panic classes. Yeah, she lost it pretty quick. Keeping all the kids calm is like the best thing you can do. Like now you've got like thirty screaming children running all around. All right. Well, they don't. The, unlike all the kids at Jacob's class, the twerps are completely unfazed <laughs> by this tornado. We needed Ash and twerps there for composure when when our thing happened. They stood tall. They, <laughs> the tornado rolls right up, rips the roof clean off. All the hopips get sucked into the vortex. Mariah is like, oh no, Hopips, come back. Misty's like, no, Mariah, don't go. You'll die. And somehow they don't get sucked into the tornado. They somehow stay on the ground. And then that's it. The storm ends as soon as it starts. It's nice and sunny outside, which I think that typically does happen with storms, right? Like the tornado rolls through and then all of a sudden it's like sunny and everything again. Yeah, unless Helen hunts there, it's usually like two or three minutes of tornado lasts. Otherwise, it's like 60 to 80 minutes. <laughs> she has that effect on tornadoes. Yeah, she, they spin faster when she's there. <laughs> so after the dust is cleared and they're standing amidst the wreckage of her house, nobody really seems bothered by this. I, I feel like if I was her, I'd be like, oh my God, my house is destroyed. This is horrible. My hop-ups are missing. But she's just like, guess we got to go find them. <laughs> That's so true. They would be dead. Yeah. They would be dead. They would be dead. The way they, how easily they blow, they would be torn to shreds by all the like flying debris in a tornado. I mean, they would come back. It would, they would look like confetti, like a pinata confetti that you burst open after the yeah. tornado. It would just tear them to shreds. My favorite part is they could have done this episode with just a strong breeze blew them away. Or Team Rocket's fan. No, a tornado. A tornado that ripped the roof off. <laughs> like, I love, Alex, that's a great point about them. They should be dead. Because they, like, go through and they find them. They're searching for them. And they're finding them under, like, collapsed, <laughs> collapsed, like, shit all over the place. Like, there's a sign that fell. One's <laughs> trapped underneath that. Like, that would have crushed it. But they're okay. I mean, thank yeah. God. They're all right. One hop-bip is, like, crushed under a sign, like you said. The other one is, like, fighting for its life in the rapids. It's, like, stuck in a branch in the middle of the river. <laughs> That's true. Hop-bip are survivors. They are. They are durable. <laughs> They're adaptable. These, these hop-bips have seen some shit. And so, yeah, they find three of the seven. Well, two of them are in life-threatening situations. The third one is just flying around in the upper atmosphere. And they're like, oh, there goes one. Let's follow it. And turns out that Team Rocket has captured the rest of them. And they have them held hostage in their Meowth balloon. The writing team stopped coming up with ideas for various perilous situations for hop Ips. Yeah, they got two and out of... Like, and Team Rocket got the rest. <laughs> but you're right. I thought they were going to have a whole montage of like them finding the hop Ips in like, these perilous different areas. Of, like, oh, one's hanging off a cliff over here. And like one's underneath rubble over there. And like... Just these different things, but nah, you're right. Team Rocket just had the rest. So they catch them, but Oddish won't stand for this. So the twerps start to battle with Team Rocket, but Oddish is like, you motherfuckers are taking too long. I got this. <laughs> so it takes matters into its own hands that it doesn't own have. Leaves. Its own leaves. That's right. That's better. Better pun. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, but it single-handedly takes down Victory Bell and Arbok all by itself. All by its little self. It was so cute. The twerps and Mariah don't tell it to do anything. It does everything by itself. Finishes them off with a solar beam. Oddish wins a medal for its bravery and valor. And we learn a very valuable lesson on everybody's got different talents. So don't try to be different <laughs> because 
you have to be proud of yourself and your own accomplishments, right? Yes. They spent five minutes moralizing about this. Like, they all had a speech prepared. Yes, they did. It's important. It's forever. It's important, Austin. It's important to get that message across. I would have rather they spend time looking for Hoppip in various locations. Well, listen, this Oddish is in a constant state of fight or flight. Okay, so it's good that it finally comes to an end where it understands that it, this is normal for it. And God help you if its instinct is fight because it's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, overall, it's a good message, you know. I think Misty's right. Comparison, thief of joy, all that stuff. So don't be sad about what you don't have. Instead, celebrate what you do have. That's the lesson of the day. At the very, very end of the episode, in a matter of like a couple hours, I guess, they are able to pick Mariah's whole ass roof back up <laughs> off the ground and patch it back on in the worst construction job I've ever seen in my entire life. I think she's going to like die. I think her roof is going to collapse and she's going to like die. She's going to be all right. Alex, we've seen throughout this whole episode, roofs collapsing and landing on you doesn't do any damage. That's so, true. True. Well, didn't you see that randomly scattered plywood they nailed to the walls? She'll be fine. Yeah. There's big giant gaping holes still in her roof. There's like two by fours hanging haphazardly off of the roof. Like, well, it's, it's easier to tell what the weather is with the holes in the roof, though. She can just look up like, oh, it's raining. Yeah, exactly. She's on her way to becoming the best meteorologist in all the land. And then they get the fuck out of there because I wouldn't want to stay either. <laughs> Over that roof, yeah. (laughs) Not under that roof, nope. Well, it did remind me of the one episode where they, like, blasted a hole through the mountainside, and Jenny was like, yes, this is structurally sound. Thank you so much. It's not leaning to me. Looks all good. No chance of a cave-in. This is 100% perfect and safe for all the townsfolk to pass through this tunnel. Mm -hmm. If it works, it works. Until it doesn't. That's what we say. And uh, what's-her-face's Sonrisa's, like, horrible, like, piping job that she did coming down the That was the side. worst one. That was, without doubt, the worst <laughs> one. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of oversight in this town, in this area. I think we need a superhero to maintain the status quo in Johto. I think so, too. We'll meet him in just a minute. All right, so everyone lives through this F5 tornado. Good for them. Yep. All right, MVP, or most valuable player and least valuable player, and the quote. Let's see what happens here. Randomizer, speak to me. There we go. All right, I'm first, followed by Alex and then Austin. I'll give my, I'm going to give my MVP. I'll give it to Ash uh, for staying strong during the tornado, like Alex pointed out. That was a great point. Uh, my LVP, uh, the hop hip that almost drowned. Oh, no. <laughs> that, sucks. That's, that sucked. Oh, that poor thing. <laughs> like, you know how perfectly... It had to land for that branch to grab it in the middle of the river for it to work out like that. Because I guess it's like uh, green wings it had were like broken because of the storm. So it couldn't navigate itself. So it landed perfectly. Oh, no. If it had been face down in the water, it would (laughs) drown. Oh, that poor thing. That was a fuck you hop in particular. And then my quote's going to be from... Meowth, and this isn't exact, but he says something like this when uh, he goes up to the farm and he goes, Hello, Hoppip, we're your biggest fan, when he un- unveils the <laughs> huge fan. That's that was my quote. Good. This is tough. I don't. I didn't write anything. I've been bad about that. I haven't actually been writing stuff down. I've been just sort of coming up with it on the fly. MVP, I'll give it to Oddish. Why not? It was so cute. It tried its best. Plus, it single-handedly took down Team Rocket. So, must be pretty good. Must be like a level 100 oddish. I don't know. Uh, LVP, I'll give it to the tornado, I guess, for ripping the roof straight off of that house. <laughs> yeah, that was weak. Sorry. Okay. And the quote I will pick is okay, after Team Rocket gets caught up in the tornado and they're walking along, or no, this was before the tornado. Sorry. Right before the tornado, and then they get sucked up into it. James says, maybe it's the motto. Maybe if we change that blasting off part, we wouldn't blast off so much. Worth a try. Yeah. Yep. My turn. My MVP is going to be Heracross, because Heracross doesn't do anything, but Ash sends out Heracross, and then he doesn't do anything, which is better than usual when he causes problems. Bulbasaur wasn't around this time. Bulbasaur was not in this episode. Chikorita was. Oh yeah, she was there. Did we notice Chikorita knocked aside Pikachu when Ash congratulated Pikachu? Did she? So Nurse Choice Therapy was worthless. 
I didn't realize that. What? Oh, okay. And that's why Chikorita gets my LVP. What did Heracross do? What was the context of him calling them out again? Okay, Misty sent out Staryu to pop the balloon with the Hopip still in it. Oh, that's right. And then Ash sends out Heracross to fight Arbok and Victory Bell. And then Audrey says, stand aside, Staryu and Heracross. I got this. That's right. And then they don't do anything. They were one-upped. My quote will be, uh, Brock says, you can do it, Oddish. You can just start flapping your leaves to fly. And Misty says, Brock, why don't you stop flapping your gums? So Brock quietly goes... I'll be quiet. Oh, what a burn. Brock really got done dirty these past couple episodes, like this one and the next one. This is Brock. This is our Brock. This is thinking with his dick and being totally inappropriate Brock. Yep. Over the top, throwing himself at the feet of women who barely respond. They actually don't. He never gets a chance to respond because Misty jumps in and pulls him off. Misty, our valiant hero. Yep. We can't forget that. Protector of... uh, (laughs) I don't know, pervitude. Part of the sisterhood. Oh, I had I had something I was going to do on my phone, but it didn't work. So we're going to move along here to, uh, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's a s- Superman, no, it's Gligerman, right? Gligerman. Gligerman. Oh my Gligerman. gosh, Austin. Gligerman. Gligerman. This is what you were talking about. I totally forgot all about Gligerman, you guys. You did? I've referenced him multiple times. I did. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know. I was thinking, like, when we talked about this last week. I was like, oh yeah, Blaziken Mask. You know, thinking of like Pokemon superheroes. But Austin was like, oh no, 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 not Blaziken Mask. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So this was a pleasant surprise. I played Gligar Man in our um, tabletop game episodes. Oh, that's right. Oh, the Pokemon Junior Adventure game. You were Gligar Man. Oh my gosh. What a fun time that was. Is there a sequel to this episode later? I fucking wish. Okay. I thought there was like two like this because I remember this one, but I thought they come back. They don't. Okay. What a shame. That's too bad. Yeah. Dang. This would have been a good part two type episode. Yeah. They set it up. They do. That's what I mean. I thought there was a sequel by the end of this. (sighs) Uh, Anyway, let's jump right. Let's jump into it. Austin, are you ready? (laughs) Do you want the clone saga or do you want the Summer's Family Tree? Summer's Family Tree. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what those are. Okay. We'll find out. Okay. I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out in... Three, two, one, go. So you have Cyclops and you have Jean Grey. Um, Jean Grey does not have a mutant sister, but her sister did turn into a mermaid one time. Uh, Cyclops has Havoc, he ha- who is his brother. Uh, Cyclops has Adam X the Extreme, who was made from his mother's DNA, combined with clone uh, alien DNA. And he has his long-lost brother Vulcan, who was extracted from his mother's womb and she was killed. Okay, so Jean and... Uh, Scott have Rachel, who's from the Days of Future Past timeline, come to the present day. They have Cable, who was the son of Madeline Pryor, who is Jean Grey's and clone. Time. And he was raised in the Escani timeline. You have X-Man, also known as Dick Grey, who's from the Age of Apocalypse timeline. Yep. Okay, you have Strife, who was cloned from Cable by his sister from another timeline, Rachel, as a backup because Cable was infected with a techno-organic virus by Apocalypse. You have Ruby Summers, who is the son, the daughter, rather, of Scott and Emma in Bishop's timeline. You, I can keep going. Oh my gosh. This is better. Do this. Okay, you have Hyperstorm, who is the son of Rachel and Franklin Richards of Fantastic Four fame. And he's from an alternative Days of Future Past timeline. <laughs> Austin! <laughs> oh my god. I got more. Did you write this down? Was this written down? No, this is top of mind. Out of the old noodle. Okay, so Scott and Alex's father is Corsair, who was abducted by aliens. So what were you, what was your summary going to be if you had picked, or if I had picked, or one of us, Clone Wars? Clone Saga. Clone Saga. Did I say Clone Wars? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Clone Saga. I was thinking Star Wars. Okay. Clone Saga. Okay, so you got Spider-Man, who's dating Gwen Stacy, and Gwen Stacy's thrown off by a grade by Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, and then the Jackal is in love with Gwen Stacy's student, so he clones her, he makes a Gwen clone, he also makes a Peter Parker clone, actually he makes multiple Peter Parker clones. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and his clone do not know which one is the real one, and then one of them seemingly dies in Shea Stadium, so Spider-Man leaves his body at a smokestack, and then assumes that he is not the clone. However... Five years later, it turns out the clone was alive. So the clone became a drifter known as Ben Riley, dyed his hair blonde, and there was also an evil clone named Kane. And oh so then they both return and Aunt May dies, but it's not actually Aunt May dying. It's actually a genetically engineered actress who was giving a last great performance before she died of, of, of terminal cancer. And <sighs> then... <laughs> 
Then the Jackal returns and he makes more Spider-Man clones. There's Spider-Side. Mm-hmm. And then um, turns out, oh my God, Peter Parker is not the real Peter Parker. He He's the clone all along. But he's already married Mary Jane and she's pregnant with their daughter. So he they move to Portland and Ben Riley becomes the main Spider-Man. Oh my. I got a, I got a problem there. Okay. Clones can't reproduce. Well, turns out Peter is the real Peter Parker because Ben <laughs> Riley was the clone, and the test results were faked. You are the and then, I caught it. <laughs> and then Norman Osborn returns from the grave and kills Ben, and he dissolves into dust. That's tragic. Oh my gosh. Also, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was thinking Star Wars before you started that, so I was really surprised when you launched into Spider-Man. Clone Saga. St- Clone Wars. That's what you got you. The Clone Wars. Yeah. Should I cut all that out of the pod Never. since it's completely irrelevant? Never. Okay. No. That's cool. I wouldn't read it, but I'm glad someone like you knows it, Austin. That way I can get explained. Like, I know this exists. If that makes sense? Yeah. One moment, please. I got a visual aid. Is it Spider Side? Because I, I know that one. I've heard of that before. I can't believe you've heard of Spider Side. That's so obscure. What's the What's the Spider Man that like he's he's on a roof and he falls, but then he morphs with the janitor? What? What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. That's a Spider Man I know. He morphs into a janitor. Yeah. What is that, Austin? The complete Clone Saga collection. Oh my. I got more. Yeah, but what's the series with Moreland? Spider-Verse? Yes. There's so many books. This is why people like Jacob and I, or I don't know, maybe I can't really speak for you, Jacob, like... Have friends? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I feel like there's no possible way to get into this kind of media because there's just so much material and it's like where do you start i don't know i feel very intimidated that's the reason why they keep rebooting it right oh my god austin has like a stack of like 20 books in his hands it's heavy austin's nothing if not dedicated to his passion that's good he reads yeah he does read yeah the spider-man clone saga the height of literature how do you get into it though like where would be like alex said like you just explained 10 years worth of story to us how do you jump in and actually get involved. They just pick up a random one and be like, I'm going to read this series and then go from there. That's it. That's it? That's it. That's all you got to do. No. The completionist in me would never allow it. I would get too far down the rabbit hole. How did this make sense? What does this tail off? What's going to, you know, I don't know. I'd get too involved with it. Figure it out as you go. You just got to accept that it's not going to make sense. When it comes to the Marvel DC stuff, you're never going to know it all. Okay. So you just kind of got to read it and soak it in. Like one time I expressed to Austin, this was previous to like the Disney plus Moon Knight series coming out. But I told Austin, I'm like, I'd really love to read the Moon Knight comics. So he did buy me volume one, but I didn't really read it because I got overwhelmed by the prospect of like (laughs) reading it. That was more of a gag gift than anything. No, but it was a really good, thoughtful gift. And I appreciate that. And I do eventually want to read it. But I, again, I'm very overwhelmed with the prospect of like reading it. And there's so much to it. And I'm like, oh my God. But then the show came out and I was like, Oh, maybe this is a little bit more easily digestible media. And so <laughs> watch that. Maybe. Maybe. What were you showing us just then? That was Spider Side. Oh, the thing Jacob referenced. Mm-hmm. I think my friend had an action figure of that growing up. That's so weird. And that's where he, he had the one where Spider-Man morphs with the janitor. I don't know what that it is. It looks like an actual spider, but it's Spider-Man. Ugh. See, Austin's point. You can't know it all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a Spider-Man expert. Could have fooled me. That sounds like a joke, but it's really not. I'm not. Compared to Jacob and I, I mean. Oh, yeah. Anything you say, I'd take as the gospel because I wouldn't know any different. Yeah, I like the absurdity of it. I googled Spider-Man janitor and all I found was pictures of Stan Lee. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. But Gliger Man's the true hero of the day. Yes, thank you for transitioning. We got to talk about Gliger Man and his origin story. Okay, turns out Gliger Man's a clone. (laughs) Gliger Man drank Sunrisa's tainted water. And then one day showed up with a scar and it grew into a mask. Oh my. Glagger side. Glagger side. <laughs> All right. We're jumping to the real thing here. I want to definitely create like a Glagger Man lore more so than this does. There's got to be more. I want more Glagger Man. Well, I feel like Glagger Man's mostly a Batman um, thing. And I don't, I don't know enough about the Batman mythos. Actually, I know probably that's one that I probably know the most of. And from what I understand is every time Batman is thrown in like a bad situation, like one time he goes to hell to fight Satan. And then one time he's like in space. But every single time that happens, Batman was just 
Superman in disguise. So that's like oh. that's always the cop out. So <laughs> that's, that works yeah. out. <laughs> so how's he able to do all this? Oh, it's Superman the whole time. But uh, we're not uh, talking about Superman. We're talking about a much more powerful entity. And we start off this episode called The Superhero Secret on our way to Azalea Town. We're still not there yet. This is a common trend in Pokemon we always talk about. We never get where we need to be. We start off by seeing like a mysterious Pokemon kind of flying around here. Yay! Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And of course, it's, it's, it's Gligar. The best ever. I don't know how to describe Gligar. He's like a scorpion. A winged scorpion. scorpion. Yeah. Like if a bat had sex with a scorpion. But he also has a little bit of a cat-like thing going on too with the face and the ears. Like kind of cat-like, kind of squirrel-like, kind okay. of scorpion, bat. Yeah. So like a bat flew a bat flew up to a scorpion and deposited. And then like right after a cat ran up to the scorpion and Ew. deposited. Ew. And then we got some kind of like. This would work. What are you this this explanation of this? Oh my god! Do you have a better one? No, I guess not. All right not. then, just like comic right. books. There you go, <laughs> the origin of Gliger. But it works. It works in the best way. Gliger is super cute. Yeah, I've got a picture of it right here, and it's it does have a cat thing going on. Look at it! Oh my hey, god! Look at it's it. Tong! Oh my gosh! Super cute, and this little beat. Oh, okay. All right, I sent you those as uh some trivia. What? Can we see how Gliger's design has totally changed? Let's see what's different. Okay. The details of the lines. He's missing his little wing spikes in the newer design. Nope, they're still there. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. They're purple. I see it now. He's missing, like, the hands, too, are different. Like, you see, it's got the claw-looking things. Then it's got cuffs, and then it goes to its arm. And the newer one, which I assume is the bottom one, that doesn't happen. There's no transition Mm -hmm. there. Gliger's one of those weird Pokemon who got a redesign because at first he was purple and he had little white spikes among various other differences, but now he's pink and his little white talons are pink, but, 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 but in the anime, he was always pink. That's interesting. Yeah. He was pink in this episode, but you know who was purple? Gliger man himself. Is that a nod to the original Sugimori art here? I don't know why they did this. I don't know why. There's other Pokemon, like Sneasel, how Sneasel's green instead of black. Oh, right. Either way, super adorable and totally underrated, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. But let's not go down the the rabbit hole there because Team Rocket's laid out another hole. We're going to go down. Ayo. A Team Rocket, uh, infamously, they're holes. They dig them and trips fall in them. That's what happens here. But this time it's a little different because their intent here is to drown the twerps. What the fuck was going on with this? This was horrible. <laughs> Isn't it bad? Ugh. They go, well, I mean, I guess they go full sinister, like, villain here. If it is a Superman, superhero episode, we need to take up the stakes a little bit. Lives need to be at stake. That tornado scrambled their brains. Was Team Rocket in the tornado? They were. They got they got sucked up by the tornado at one point. But this is like a, like a terrible, like one of my worst nightmares. Like, could you imagine being trapped in a hole with like a grate over the opening and the hole is slowly being filled up with water and there's nothing you can do and you know you're going to drown and it's like, oh my God. Team Rocket wasn't even trying to like take Pikachu. They were just trying to murder them. Yeah. yeah. Today. Yeah. I told you, it's a super episode. We got to make it more like a... Uh, Batman, the animated series. Oh my god. That gives me a lot of anxiety too, Alex. When I think about that, like either drowning like that would suck or like being buried alive. You know, this gave me really heavy rain vibes. Like, I don't know if either one of you guys ever played that game, but. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like, this is like heavy rain where they're gonna like die in a grate and drown to death. Oh my gosh. I have no idea what that is. It's one of the greatest little video games. It, I, I, it's a computer game. They give you some context. This is spoilers. I think this is what happens. Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. I'll try to remember. You you have a kid at the beginning that dies. The family yes. gets like divorced because the mom's upset. But they have one kid. The kid yes. gets mm-hmm. stolen. I have. I do know this. I do know this. You play. You play as the villain through the game, but you don't know it. There's different endings as well. Yeah. Is this the press X for Jason? Yes. Yeah. Jason. Yes. Okay. You can holler it for like Jason. an hour, but he puts the kid in like a great thing in like uh, some kind of like water treatment plant. So every time it rains during the game, your kid is losing life. So he's the killer. No, Not the killer the is the detective. The detective is the killer, oh. isn't it? 
Oh, you play the detective? Okay, sure. No, you play as the, the father. Yeah, you play as the father, but there's, I, I don't remember, there's like other things, but the detective ends up being the killer. It, it's kind of intricate. There's different endings. So sorry to any of our listeners that didn't play that game because spoiler. It's 10 years old. But yeah, it's kind of a, it's an older game. So. Jason. Jason. <laughs> Jason. It's a good one. I recommend it. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the vibe I got from this. When they put that grate over the thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly that game. Yep. Every time Team Rocket pours water on it, the kid, the Togepi's dying, which Togepi would die that first. That was scary. Yeah, Togepi would die first. Did anyone feel pity for Togepi as it drowned? Um, uh, uh. how do I answer that without being like a total <laughs> psychopath? Like the moral part of me wants to say, yes, I feel empathy. It was it's a helpless little creature drowning, but also it's Togepi or... Why was it the only one that got saved? Yeah, that's true. That's bad. But the worst thing about this is, Steam Rocket was pretty good with this to try to kill Togepi, though, because Togepi does cause a lot of trouble, but it can't use metronome if it's treading to keep itself alive. That was pretty oh. evil on their part. That's a sink to the bottom and didn't do it. <laughs> that's the wave its arms, but it can't because it, <laughs> it's too heavy with the water. Oh, no. no. They found it. They found how to defeat Togepi. Well, I mean, it is an egg, and right now they could find some use for it. Eggs are like $4 for two. But that doesn't happen because Gliger Man shows up, our famous superhero, and saves the day. He's able to take down Team Rocket. Uh, Gliger Man. Initial thoughts of Gliger Man. Amazing. Amazing. I love how he has, like, a muffin top. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I did too. He's clearly, like, the dad bod superhero. We stand dad bods (laughs) on this podcast. This is the pro dad bod podcast. It reminded me of, um, Into the Spider-Verse when the Peter Parker shows up and he's, like, out of shape and he's, like, super bloated. Yeah, this is like that. Gliger Man's like that. He's the middle-aged, kind of washed-up superhero trope that tries his best but he somehow still bumbles through and ends up victorious but somehow saves the day accidents tend to be in his favor to where he saves the day because that's kind of how he saves our twerps but anyway he does have one superhero power i don't know if you guys missed this but he does have super hearing because it gives the twerps a little $1 kazoo whistle that he says, blow anytime, anywhere, and I'll be there to come save you. I Okay, I assume, I have a theory <laughs> okay. about the Gliger whistle. <laughs> What's your I think when you blow into the Gliger whistle, it triggers an alarm at the Gliger cave. That, uh, yeah, that could probably be a good explanation. I don't know, Jacob. I kind of disagree. I think he's got more than one superpower. Dad bod superpower. He rocks the dad bod for sure. And I don't know many people that can pull off purple spandex but this guy rocks it god and that bulge god lee god they focused on that bulge too <laughs> know, right that cod piece was out they were that was a loving pan shot of that cod piece that's the initial shot we get is like he's standing on a tree and the camera's like there right there at it just so you know this episode was actually directed by joel schumacher <laughs> <laughs> i could see it We'll move along here, and uh, well, speaking of that bulge, with that bulge, he made a daughter named uh, Latoya. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh my god! <laughs> All right, yeah, keep going. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're on a roll. And um, this is talking about earlier. Brock just immediately starts like making moves on her. I don't know exactly what he says because it's it's a lot. He just I don't know. He just keeps going at it and just doesn't refuse to give up with her. It was a little weird. He's getting worse and worse yeah, and worse. Yeah. They like ham it up to where like it used to be like he would say one thing. Misty would like knock him or Ash would knock him. But this is like we got a line. We get another one. Every time someone says something, he peters off of it and uses it to try to hook up with her. But it doesn't work. Latoya is too strong for that. Like her dad. She's super strong. We After the failed uh, Brock attempts, we head off into town, and then we come across a KB Toys, which is very surprising. I don't know what's going on there. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. And we can assume that the whistle the twerps got was made here because the symbol, the toy store symbol, matches what's on the whistle. And that obviously the whistle is came from there because we walk inside and it's a Gliger Man store. I want to go to the Gliger Man store. I know. This is amazing. It's got everything in there for adults, for children. They even have like other various Pokemon dressed as Gliger Man. Like there's a Voltorb with the Gliger Man suit on. Was there? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, sure. I was there. Sure. Oh, sure. He was. Jacob's (laughs) taking shit up. (laughs) 
Wouldn't that be cool, though? I did see Voltorbs and Electrodes in the background, yes. Yeah, they're in there, but I don't think they have the costumes on. There's a lot of Gligers in there. There's, like, a Gligerman ball. Did you guys see any other cool little toys in there? No. No, I was just more, like, enthralled with the whole idea of, like, this man really has an entire gift shop and store dedicated to himself. We don't know that yet. Gligermania. Anyway, the owner of the toy store comes out. His name is, uh, actually, very surprisingly, Mr. Parker. Ha. There's our Spider-Man reference. There's our Spider-Man reference right there. Aunt May's in the back making the toys. Aw. <laughs> Do they have the same last name? Latoya Parker, I guess. No, no, I'm talking about, like, Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Is it Ben Parker? Yes, May Parker. May Parker? Okay. Because she's married to Ben Parker. We do that forever. Anyway, Mr. Parker, the toy store owner, not Ben, has a fancy little film on hand where he kind of shows the the twerps that just happen to walk in. He's got a little feature film of Gliger Man. And this film, okay, this film is something else. The Gliger Man in this <laughs> film, this Gliger Man is like the eight-pack biceps bulging perfect jawline hero that just kind of goes around and saves everybody this is like what i don't know it's like a propaganda video yeah i think it was supposed to be if i'm guessing i think it's supposed to be the 30s and 40s superman short films yeah like the animated ones Mm -hmm. the ones where eventually world war ii starts and so he ends up like it becomes a propaganda film (laughs) yeah the daily planet was there yeah fun stuff oh that's right the globe was there right Mm mm-hmm that's cool. I didn't know that. That's a good reference there, Austin. Uh, but anyway, we go finish the film, and we're kind of like, this Glaggerman doesn't look like the Glaggerman we saw, but we're going to get over that because they didn't recognize it, but Togepi recognizes the fact that, hey, this Mr. Parker looks like our Glaggerman. Okay, I have a question about the video. Is this a case of, like, an actual thing he filmed several years back when he was in shape or is this like an actor that he hired as like a promo for his store i assumed it was a cartoon really like it wasn't like animated thing him so it wasn't live action as far as their perspective like it wasn't like a live action type film of him it was like an actual cartoon he got commissioned of him because we later see mr parker as a young liger man and he does not have an eight pack well, he's a little bit more trim and in shape. Yeah, but he, but he doesn't he's look not like that. That okay. So this was so. If we are in the Pokemon world, we are the perspective of the Twerps. They are watching a to them animated representation of Clagerman. Yeah, that's what I assumed. But it could have been like a common writer type thing, I guess. So okay. Just wanted to see y'all's thoughts and what we thought that was. Yeah, I think it's a cartoon, like Austin said. It's what okay. he wants to be. Like, this is the uh, propaganda. This is Glaggerman. It's his, he's advertising his brand, his Glaggerman. He's advertising brand. his brand, and it doesn't look like him, so he's trying, that kind of maybe how he tries to keep his secret. Like, you show that video to people who <laughs> heard of it, it's like, that doesn't look like this guy at all, Mr. Parker at all. Literally everybody knows it's him, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Including our twerps. Uh, Ash takes one of the cosplay masks off to the side there and just throws it on Mr. Parker's head. And he's like, oh, hey, that is, that's him. Yeah, Togepi gives it away. If Togepi was in Metropolis, Superman wouldn't have had a chance. Nope. Just like Superman, Mr. Parker freaks out when his identity is exposed. And it's kind of like, hey, you guys, keep it, keep it quiet. I don't want people to know. But in the meantime... We got Team Rocket getting involved here, and they're getting in the spirit. They're hatching another (laughs) scheme here. Oh, my gosh. You know, Jessie's our leader. She's become the main villain here, and she recruits uh, James and Meowth. They're kind of like her henchmen. And, oh, Lord, here we go. Jessie is very... I don't know, Austin. We, okay, so in addition to Cocaine Bear and the Star Wars Holiday Special, we also watched the 2017 Power Rangers movie yesterday, and I was getting heavy Rita Repulsa vibes from Jesse. Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks, Rita Repulsa, and Jesse's like green outfit get up that she had going on. I was like, she's very Rita right now. I need to Google this. I think that was Japanese live action superhero shows is what Jesse was evoking. Yeah. She's like the vampy. But that's what that's what uh, Power Rangers was based off Super Sentai, isn't that kind of what that was? Mm-hmm. I did not know Elizabeth Banks did that. That's a pretty cool picture. No one did. It bombed. Oh, well, never mind then. Her shoulder pads, of Jesse's shoulder pads and her outfit were like 
out of this world. Yeah, she's got those horn things, too, on top of her head. Does she kind of remind you of, like, a Sailor Moon villain? Absolutely. Like, a barrel or something? Yeah, and it's, and it's the same animation style, too. I mean, Sailor Moon's the same genre. What is this second picture? I don't know. I just Googled female tokusatsu villains, and now I'm, they all have the same aesthetic. Okay, I can definitely see where that design choice would have come from. Oh, I like that last one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's a, obviously a common theme here. Uh, but anyway, we'll flashback. Back to Pokemon. This is where kind of we get the full breakdown. Team Rocket's starting to hatch their plan. Back at the toy store, the toy reveals that Glagerman is only doing this to boost toy store sales. His intent is not to save the weak or pity the vulnerable. It is just to make money. Oh, I don't know, Jacob. I'm going to I'm going to stop you. I'm going to argue against that point because I think it started out as that. But then he became really committed to doing the right thing and being like a superhero for the town. So yes, it started out as a marketing campaign ploy, but it became a true wanting to do the right thing and being Glagger Man. But that would happen a long time ago because now our Mr. Parker, aka Glagger Man, is looking for a protege slash replacement and... Since the toy is a girl, <laughs> she can't do it, obviously. So we turn to Ash and see if he's up for it. We go to the Glagger Cave, too, which is something else. So this guy, just to clarify, he has a whole Glagger mansion that sits above the town and looks out over the town. Bruce Wayne style. Yeah, Bruce Wayne, a la Bruce Wayne. And he also has a Glagger Cave. I don't know. This guy obviously has a monopoly on toy sales in this entire region because he is rich as heck. Something's going on because this does not look that like well off of a town. You know, let's just be real here. Like there's not really like super big buildings or anything like that. But somehow he's raking in the dough. I guess the Glagerman thing is like a international. Glagermania. Yeah. I told you. Did they show it anywhere else? Do we get any reference at all to Glagerman outside this place? Nope. All right, then. Too bad. How about Ash in that Glagerman costume and then something else? When was he in a Glagerman costume? He has a like a fantasy thing that shows him being it. Oh, considering in his, the job. when he does the Gliger pose. That's right. Yeah. Is this where we note Ash loves Gliger? He does. When, when does he when does he say that? He talks about how amazing Gliger is maybe five times at least. Oh yeah. He's obsessed with Gliger. Well, Ash, <gasps> I don't know, but we might have some interesting news for you in a future episode. Maybe. Yay, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Not in the near future. No. Right. We'll 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 be waiting for a second. But this plants the seed in his mind. Mm-hmm. Let it sprout. But this current Ash is Currently, I guess he's not super, super obsessed because he just declines the superhero job and to work with Gliger. I don't know. I wouldn't take that job. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I would. The money looks really good. You'd have to work out a deal with Mr. Parker about how much money I'm going to get being Gliger Man. Well, you don't have the dream of being a Pokemon master, so. That's true. I don't have time for that. I don't even know what that is. We still don't even know what entails being a master. I have some spoilers. Okay. Oh, no. Don't say anything. Not yet. Okay. Is this for Ultimate Journeys? Yes, it is. Okay. Shh, 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 But you know it's not going shh. It's the alarm at the toy store. Oh, no. It's going off. There's trouble afoot. <laughs> There's trouble afoot. I don't know. The Glagger symbol shines in the sky. Glagerman's got to jump in action. Somebody blows a whistle. He's there. I don't know. Anyway, they leap in action. And the store is being ransacked by people in uh, Metapod suits. Oh, my God. <laughs> this... Can we talk about how Team Rocket's much less threatening during this part than they were <laughs> no. during the drowning sequence? <laughs> they realized they took it just a little too far. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they have to through. tone it down. Yeah. Now they have to be, like, children-appropriate villains. So they terrorize employees by putting them in giant Metapod costumes. <laughs> This is funny. This is great. It's so stupid. Like, logistically, this is the worst thing to be wearing. Like, it's huge. You can't move your arms in it. It takes up more space than anything. You're grabbing one item at a time. Can Can I ask, like, what their thought process was? They're like, okay, how can we cause trouble? How can we terrorize these poor underpaid employees at this store? I'll tell you exactly what their thought process is. Their thought process is, Glycoran's a superhero. We are evil we have to be super villains right and so let's put on a show let's put everyone in metapod costumes (laughs) they could have chose a better costume than that though actually there's nothing better than a metapod costume remember our metapod episode where we had to discuss the physicality of metapod what is a metapod 
That bothers me to this day. Okay. Boggles the mind. Well, like I said, these Metapod suits, they're not very, I don't know, they're not very good. And they kind of get thrown to the side pretty quick. But then, I don't know what Pokemon it is, but a giant bug robot comes out. Spinarak. Spinarak, that's right. I forgot the name of it. That comes out and it starts causing some trouble because it's a giant robot in a little small toy store. So, of course, it's going to be wrecking stuff. And Jessie's cheering it on, think her plan's working. But all of a sudden, a new challenger appears. <gasps> Gil Girl. Gly Girl. Or Gly Girl. Sorry. What'd you call I her? I think I called her Gil Girl. <laughs> Gil, Gil Girl. <laughs> Gilmore Girls? Nope. The problem is it. <gasps> oh, if you're out on the road, <laughs> be an attack and you're lonely. All you have to do, you do is, is blow, blow my whistle. whistle. <laughs> oh my god. And he'll be there on the next train. He'll be on the next train. No, the next wings. <laughs> oh, Gly man. Girl. Gly Girl's great. So that proves that in Toy Story they sell them in male and female uh, cosplay. She had this costume ready to go. Yeah. She was ready for it. She was waiting for this day. Yes. Did Mr. Parker ever ask her before this? Yeah, I think so. Didn't they say that? Like, or some, something to the effect of like, oh, dad, this is so dumb. Like, you should just stop being Gliger Man. And she was like resisting it to the end. But then she was true to herself and gave in to her desire to be Glide Girl. Okay. So Glide Girl was, was skeptical about it, but now she's doing it. All right. Yeah. Glide Girl jumps in here and does what Glide Girl does. She saves the day. She takes down the bug, frees her dad from the bug's claws or whatever, and they're able to defeat the robot and Team Rocket and their crazy Spider Power Ranger costumes. Hooray! Hooray! And then some superhero music starts playing. Gliger Man. Gliger Man. You guys ever watched Gargoyles as kids? I was obsessed nope. with that show. Oh, Austin, I missed what? That one. How could you not? I know, I know, I know. That seems I know. like it would be right up your alley, too. I don't know why. It would be, but I just it just, I just, never saw it. Who was the, the main gargoyle? His voice. He had a famous voice Oh, actor. I could see his face. Oh, no. Um, oh, it was Keith David. Keith David. Keith David is the main voice of that one. That's awesome. Okay, where can I watch this? Like, <laughs> Is it on Disney Plus? It's on Disney. Oh, my I'm gosh. I know what I'm doing after this. How many were there? Four or five of them. Yeah. There's a girl that discovers them. Awesome. Anyway, let's do MVP and LVP. That was the best episode I think we've had so far in Johto. Hands down, Gliger Man. It was entertaining. And it wasn't about a, like a stupid grass Pokemon. Chikorita did not show up. Thank God. Anyway, randomizer here. Austin, you're first, followed by me and then Alex. My MVP will be... Gly Girl, she's cool. Cool name. My LVP will be no one because everyone's amazing. Now I'll give it to Brock. Oh. He goes too far. And also he's an idiot. He doesn't recognize who Gly Girl is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's the only one at the end who can't tell. And I got a, I got a Brock quote, but it's a different one. Ash says about LaToya, it seems like she's hiding something. Dang. Brock says, she is. She's hiding feelings of love for her Brocky poo. And Ash screams at Brock, the only feeling she's hiding is the feeling that you're a complete nutcase. <laughs> Which I appreciate when Ash snaps at Brock because he deserves it. Well, he deserves that a lot, especially the past two episodes. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to give my LVP. I'll just give it to one, but I'll give it to James for the Metapod suit. That sucked. That'd be hot. You're wearing your leather Team Rocket suit underneath it. Leather Team Rocket suit? Yeah, that's made out of leather. Okay. I think we've been told it's been made out of leather. Jesse says so. Maybe her, like, boots or something, but, like... I'm gonna give my MVP to Glaggerman's Bulge. I'll give it to that. I think oh, my God. Save the day. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, think about it. They would have been screwed if it wasn't for it, because LaToya wouldn't have been born. Superhero with the Super Bulge. All right. Yeah, then Glagor wouldn't have been there to save the day at the end. Team Rocket would have won, so... I guess it all goes back to the Bulge. The Bulge is the MVP. Welcome back, Austin. (laughs) Hey, Austin. (laughs) Okay, hey. (laughs) Battle of the Bulge. Yeah. That was my MVP, because it saved the day with Glygirl being there at the end. It wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the Bulge. Mm -hmm. My quote, I didn't have a quote. I forgot a quote. Let's see what we got. Because I know there was a lot of Brock ones that are pretty bad. There's one about, like, it's a bird, it's a plane... It's Glagger Man. Oh, here's one. I got one, too. How come the Glagger Man we saw in the woods didn't like the one we saw in the movie? Mr. Parker says, uh, that movie was made several years ago. Ash says, how many? 20? Burn. What about that other one, Austin? Let's see. You can read that one, too, Jacob. That one's not mine. This is Ash saying this. 
You must have the best job in the whole world, Glaggerman. Because you get to be a superhero, you're in a toy store, and you have a really cool Pokemon. That is a pretty cool job, all right? Especially the money he's making. Yeah, really? He's got a mansion and a bat cave? Oh, I'm sorry, a Gligger cave? All right, was that it? That's it. It's your turn. Take it away. Wait, so you did Glig? Okay, wait, what was your MVP and LVP? My LVP was uh, James, because he had to wear that James, stupid Metapod right. suit. MVP was not Gligerman, but Gligerman's bulge. MVP? I'm surprised nobody gave it to Gliger. Come on. It's so cute. It was cute. I love Gliger. It's not the best Gliger. The best Gliger is Gliscor. Gliger to come. This is not our Gliger. Spoiler alert. We get a Gliger, which becomes the best Gliger. You can listen to our podcast coming out in the year 2038 and you'll get here. That's that. right. Stay tuned. LVP, Team Rocket as a, as a whole huh, for trying to drown Ash and friends for no reason whatsoever. And not even try to steal Pikachu out of it, so. They were just chaotic today. And, or sorry, quote. Okay, James says, when when Gligerman shows up to announce himself, he's like, I am the sworn enemy of all evildoers everywhere. And James says, you can't be a superhero. They're not real. And Meowth says, if they was real, I don't think they'd look quite as lumpy as you do. Dang, everybody's going after him today. Body shaming is not okay, Meowth. We love dad bods up in this podcast. I guess that's it. Does anyone have any more thoughts for this episode? A super episode about a superhero. And a super dad. Oh, we're going to have fun coming up with titles. This will be great. I love this episode. I think it's the best we got so far. I was really tickled. I thought it was just super cute. Wow, high phrase. <laughs> it, was it not? Yes. Coming out of the hop episode, anything would look yes. good. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a benefit because it actually was a good episode. So I remember this one pretty well from when I watched the series a while ago. It sticks in my brain. I really thought there was a sequel, though. Gliger Man Returns. <laughs> Gliger Man Strikes Back. Uh, what about you, Austin? Good, bad? I liked it a lot. Yeah, I figured you know like the most about superheroes. <laughs> uh, but I guess that is in the past now. So, Austin, what is on the menu? We got Mild and Wooly and Wired for Battle. So, I'm a Reap episode and... Scizor. Scizor. Scizor? Oh, I'm excited for Scizor. Okay. All right, we got that to look forward to next week. And as always, we'd like to say thank you all for listening. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. If you have any questions or comments for the show, be sure to send them to out of the drawing pan at gmail.com. Again, that is out of the drawing pan at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at out of drawing pan. Again, our handle is out of drawing pan. And join us next time as the journey continues.